Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Wednesday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And one of our top stories actually broke sort of online a little bit yesterday afternoon. And then really, we started to get a lot more information in the evening yesterday. And it's our favorite state senator to talk about, Joe Morrissey. Jeff, you you did the story. You, you looked at what Henrico's uh, sheriff was saying in regards to Senator Morrissey. What happened here? Uh, well, this is in response to something that broke this past weekend. Uh, apparently, there was some uh, uh, a, me- a video going around on social media about a confrontation that Morrissey had with a uh, sheriff's lieutenant this past Saturday as he and an associate were visiting a client in jail at the uh, Henrico Jail West, which is basically the western part of the county. And um, at the, he brought his kids with him and uh, left them unattended in the lobby. That's a big no-no. Um, as far as jail protocol goes, uh, the, the kids were unattended in the lobby, uh, were doing uh, some things that were probably not an example of good behavior in kids. And uh, the, uh, the sheriff's lieutenant and others were uh, uh, repeatedly telling Morrissey about this this uh, rule that kids cannot be unattended in the lobby. Morrissey uh, refused to comply and uh, get his kids to settle down and or put them in the car or something, which is probably could be another issue if they're unattended in the car. But he didn't address the situation and became belligerent toward the lieutenant, started uh, yelling obscenities and um the whole uh, end result of this is that the Henrico Sheriff, Elisa Gregory, um, has suspended him from Jail West and Jail East for 90 days. So that um, it's the, it, it, when we got the uh, press release from Henrico County that basically uh shared the statements from the Henrico Sheriff, they also had uh, uh, a very densely worded attachment to this release that kind of goes in very much detail about the words that were said, a lot of the actions that took place on Saturday at the jail. So, I mean, boils down to that he can't visit the jail um, to see clients, uh, at jail west and jail east for 90 days yeah and uh of course behind the scenes and all of this um he's also looking at a potential custody battle over those same kids as his estranged wife is um posting things on social media and you know the senator is alleging 
that her boyfriend has been harming the kids and she's alleging other things. And so this is, this is, this is the backdrop and, and really, yes, yelling at a sheriff's deputy is not a good idea. And being banned from a, a jail for a state Senator is not a good idea. I think the longer term story may be where the custody of the kids ends up at some point, but yeah, I mean, this is something that's, it's not playing well in the whole bigger scope of what he's going through right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving, moving off of that, but staying in Henrico, David, uh, well, actually Jeff, you, 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 sorry, I mixed up which reporters were handling which stories. Well, we actually, we both teamed up on this because David did the interview and I cut it up because he was working on another story. So, well, both of you, I, 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 I'll let you guys decide who wants to take the questions on this, but, um, there was a hit and run yet another, um, pedestrian hit along broad street um along a dark section of broad street i've driven it multiple times it's not that far from 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 where our station is located um and henrico police are looking for help what happened in this incident and what are they what are they looking for so um essentially uh a woman who was walking uh you know by the side of this stretch of broad street uh was hit in a hit and run uh, by what uh, police are describing as a uh, silver Chevy pickup truck. Um, potentially, I believe they said a Silverado, but they're not sure. Um, and they have, they have footage of this, but you can't really make out the details of the car. Um, and, um, you know, uh, uh, first responder EMTs arrived as quickly and rushed uh, the person who was hit to the hospital, uh, but she did wind up uh, succumbing to the injuries. And the driver, you know, you you can see in the footage just keeps driving when this happens. Um, So now sort of the story is that one, uh, I believe uh, the woman's family is calling for some more sidewalks to be installed. And two, um, the police are looking for this driver uh, and basically asking anyone who is aware of a pickup truck that fits these uh, that fits these uh, descriptions to maybe take note of whether there's any damage on the right or on the front passenger side, because that's where uh, the damage would be from this uh, incident. I've got and to believe it's, it's not going to. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Go, no, go ahead. Uh, it's uh, between like a 2007 to 2014 model year truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I think, I don't know if you mentioned this, David, or not, but it happened around 6.30 last night, uh, broad and hungry spring area, eastbound lane. So the woman was walking in the eastbound lane. So if anyone, you know, was in that area last night around 6.30, uh, specifically in the eastbound lane, then they particularly want to know what you saw. As someone who has driven that stretch at 630, I've got to believe somebody saw something that could identify that truck because that that is a very busy stretch of broad at 630. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I've been at that at 630 work. in the morning and it's a busy stretch of broad. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, so but, but um, yeah, they're, uh, sort of, you know, they're looking for any sort of information. And as of, you know, this happened almost 24 hours ago and they do not have not identified a suspect in this case. Gotcha. 
moving on, moving on from that story, um, some general assembly stuff. One, um, one of Governor Glenn Youngkin's appointees has run into issues yet again. This is the second time in two years Senate Democrats have decided that they're not going to approve all of his uh, appointees and nominees, uh, this time pulling the state health commissioner, Colin Green. Um, now, things could still change. It could still be approved. But right now, he is not on the list to be approved. Um, he ran into trouble uh, for comments he made last year regarding race and uh, maternal mortality rates. Um, which, by the way, is very difficult to say. I had a lot of trouble saying that in, in stories today, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but uh, he ran into trouble for those comments and is no longer on the list to be approved. They also pulled a uh, choice for the UVA Board of Visitors after UVA students had a bunch of issues uh, with uh, his selection there. So now this follows what uh, happened last year with the Natural Resources Secretary, Andrew Wheeler, who was uh, pulled in part because he was the EPA chief under former president Donald Trump. So uh, again, some back and forth. Uh, Obviously the governor believes uh, Colin Green is qualified to be health commissioner, but um, uh, Democrats are are pulling the name over this and to show that in part as, as part of a power play to show that they can. So now I remember the, the, the stuff going on with Wheeler last year. So I assume Colin Green was appointed after the General Assembly session last year. And I looked this up. He was actually appointed in April of last year. Okay. And since he was that appointed after the general, when the General Assembly was not in session, um, he was allowed to serve until um, he was officially appointed. You know, I, I guess they have to um, approve the appointment by the end of this session. Um, yeah. And so with him not being there an appointee and I'm not sure if it was for this uh, secretariat position for uh, the department of health, but wasn't there like they wanted to offer the job to somebody in Indiana and they had to back away from that. Yes. If I remember correctly. Yes. A, I think he, and, and dear God, I don't want to get any, any legal trouble here. I think there was a, uh, a DUI issue or a, 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 driving issue um that that may have come up there and then he was not named um but that was department of health right i believe i believe so without you know your your memory is probably a little bit better on this story than than (laughs) and that's one of the rare occasions because your memory is usually pretty rock solid on these things a lot a lot of things and a lot of nominees that i've had to remember (laughs) yeah that's very true and and deal with um Mm. David, you uh, you also uh, were on a conference call with uh, Senator Tim Kaine. What was his uh, big issue coming out of Washington today? So one of his main focuses, sort of his first and foremost focus, uh, was uh, this bill uh, that he has introduced. Uh, he's one of two senators who's introduced it. Uh, I believe it's called the Protect Our Credit Act. Um, but essentially this ties into the uh, the debt ceiling debate that we're seeing a lot of right now. Um, and essentially the point he was making was that the way he sees it, um, the budget, you know, can be a point of debate and should be a point of debate. And likely the house and the Senate will have, will pass different budgets because they're controlled by different parties right now. Uh, and then have to negotiate there. But basically the, uh, the amount to which we are, the United States pays off its debts, Tim Kaine was saying uh, should not be the subject of debate or, um, he, you know, he was describing 
what uh, Republicans have sometimes done as sort of holding uh, the rest of us hostage. And so um, he, uh, this bill actually would just codify what uh, the solution that Mitch McConnell used in 2011 uh, under uh, the Obama presidency, where the president is allowed to raise the debt ceiling, but uh, that is subject to a uh, an expeditious uh, disapproval. I forget the exact term, but basically, uh, Congress has uh, also special abilities to sort of check that. Um, that was a solution Mitch McConnell came up with in 2011. President Obama raised the debt ceiling and Congress opted not to uh, object. Um, and so this bill would essentially codify that to try and prevent future uh, or at least minimize future debt ceiling uh, issues. I'm going to ask you a question you may not have the answer for, but when is the debt ceiling deadline? Do we know? I that is not known to me, but okay. uh, I keep I keep on hearing the hearing the date, and I keep on forgetting to actually look and see when the exact debts. But I know it's coming we, up really. We've soon. already hit it, though, right? Is that what you're asking? I I don't I don't know to be honest with you, because okay. um, honestly, I've been focused on the Virginia General Assembly, and so you know, yeah, occasionally, yeah, I, think occasionally we, I look up and I see CNN yeah. talking about the debt ceiling, and I go back to. You know, wondering about state budget issues. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that ceiling was hit like a week or two ago. Whether that's been raised since then, I don't know. So this is going to make for great, great radio here as we <laughs> yeah, drive facts get ceiling deadline. It's local news to us, but it's not national news to us. Well, yeah, it actually, yeah. apparently is. <laughs> it's okay. Apparently, they hit it on. Let's see. It may have been last Thursday. Yeah, I knew it was like a week or two ago, but I'm not sure if it was subsequently raised since it was hit. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. They're still debating it nonetheless. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I I wasn't sure. I thought I I couldn't remember exactly where the deadline was, but that's that's neither here nor nor there. And obviously, uh, it's a big issue. I know it's a big issue for Senator Kane. I know it's a big issue for for Senator Mark Warner as well when he's not. Uh, dealing with classified documents and intelligence matters. So speaking <laughs> speaking of intelligence, um, uh, Congresswoman Spanberger was named to the House Intelligence Committee today. So we now have two Virginia um, lawmakers who can speak on matters of intelligence. So, right. so and that's a, that's an old joke for Jeff if he remembers. Yes. <laughs> so, but she would be on the House Intelligence Committee, yeah, yes, rather than the House, Senate the Intelligence Senate. Committee. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, for for those who don't get the inside joke, just goes it goes back to a long time ago from from a comment that goes back to two thousand one. If I'm yes, if I remember <laughs> long that. long time ago, uh, a, an offhanded comment from a uh, a uh, public uh, press secretary at the time. So yeah, uh, but anyway, so we we move on. Other things going on with the uh, General Assembly. Um, the uh, House Appropriations Chair says that uh, school districts will not lose any money um, after the Education Department made a math error and um, and uh, screwed up the amount of funding that all the school districts were supposed to get uh, to the tune of $200 million. But uh, uh, the House Appropriations Chair, Delegate Barry Knight, says 
that basically there's additional revenue coming in. Plus they've got the budget to work out. Districts are not going to find themselves short on cash from what they expected. Now they may find themselves short on cash from what they need, but they're not going to find them short on cash from what they expected. Right. Right. So that's, that, that's where that stands. Um, and uh, also just one other thing, uh, if you live out in Louisa or down near the Surrey uh, uh, power plants, uh, they're no longer running the sirens. Uh, as of today, they're, if, for warnings from those two power plants, uh, they're going to send you text messages, phone calls, the EAS system. Uh, think about how you get Amber Alerts or, you know, um, the National Weather Service Alerts uh, on your phone now. That's basically how they're going to do it. And and Dominion argues this is a, a better way because they can put information out as compared to running a siren saying, hey, you need to look for information. So my question is, how... How, do they just look up the phone numbers assigned to that area where the power plant is? Or if it is such a wide area that a nuclear uh, disaster could spread, would it just be every phone number? Well, well, it, with the uh, with the text messages, uh, you have to be able to receive the the government alerts, which is what you you click on. Yeah, with the Amber you, Alerts. Yes, you get the Amber Alerts and the uh, and the weather alerts. Okay, mm-hmm. and if you're within that 10 mile radius, which is the same um, radius that they have for the for the sirens, um, okay. you'll get a text message. In terms of the phone numbers, there obviously they're doing. You know, they have um, you know businesses in there. You know where they can similar to I, I guess where you have like the reverse 911 calls. Yeah, similar to that would work in that same 10 mile radius, and then also the EAS test. That's where we come in. You right. know. You know, we'll we'll put out a message on the radio. Those are still around. Then. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. We those still are still around. Those until, you know, okay. we we still run EAS tests every. Uh, you know, every oh, yeah. every week. I know. I you know uh, when I was at the station, you know, and that you know resting my 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 bum knee, uh, you would hear them uh, running through the building every so often. So yes, we still we still do the EAS. Tests. Oh yeah, yeah. I just you know. I'm just uh, since this news broke today that it's not going to run any sirens. I thought, well, you know, maybe they also said no more EAS tests, but I would imagine that's one of the most helpful ways to get information out. You, David, and I, and Dennis as well, are still crucial to the process of making sure that people know when there is a disaster. There is no emergency. Yes. So, (laughs) but but anyway, so that's what we have for you today uh, at News Radio WRVA. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good news stories today. Um, and, uh, you know, a fairly busy day. So, so good day there. And obviously we'll keep an eye on the general assembly, uh, again, tomorrow, uh, as we do every day during weather and session. Yeah. I think it was more busy on your end because the morning was a little busy for us, but by the time the afternoon hit, it kind of dried up a little bit. But. Yeah. But you know, that doesn't mean that it won't, uh, won't pick up again this evening. So that's all right. <laughs> things happen. And, and also, um, we should just mention the uh, March for Life was downtown at the Capitol yes. today. That's why there were some traffic impacts around the, yep. the state Capitol. Yep. So, Monitored that and seemed to go smoothly. Yep. So no no issues on the roads there. So so anyways, for David Lefkowitz and uh, Jeff Stapleton, I'm News Director Matt Dumline. This has been the Wednesday evening edition of It's News to Us, and we will talk to you tomorrow. So. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.